Well, good day, everybody. We are grateful you're here yet again in our continued worship series called The Man. Well, we're excited to talk and to discuss and to delve more clearly into who Jesus the man is. Then talking about him as son and friend and uh, teacher. Today, we're going to talk about Jesus as prophet and the powerful ways that he helps guide and direct us in our lives and in our faithfulness to him. And it's always a challenge anytime somebody is a prophet for us. And so today we're going to try to figure that out just a little better. Hey, I also want to give a great shout out to Dave and Jenny Hobson who've joined the church. They've gone through the membership class and committed to membership. So we're real excited to have them. And I know you'll want to welcome them the next time you see them. So welcome, Dave and Jenny. We're grateful that you've chosen to join us. Hey, if you'll be sure to check in as well, we always like to know who's with us. So use the phone app if you have it, or be sure to scan the QR code that's on the screen. We always like to know you're with us, but not only that you're here and watching, but that we can connect with you. So be sure to share your information because we're always grateful to see new friends and to have the friends who keep coming back as well. Hey, will you join me in prayer as we start our time together? Good and gracious God, thank you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he is our friend and teacher, that he's your precious child and our gracious Lord. Today, God, we're grateful that Jesus is our prophet, that he guides and directs us, that he helps connect us with you, and that he challenges us to do the right thing. God, this day we're mindful of our neighbors across the world in Haiti and in Afghanistan that are suffering. And we simply pray that your peace and your comfort and your renewal would be with them as well. God, thank you that we can honor you in these moments and that we can celebrate your child, our friend and teacher, Jesus, as we also follow him as prophet. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, you know, friends, it's always easy, at least I think, to talk about Jesus as friend and teacher. We have a friend in Jesus, and that's kind of good, right? Today, when we talk about Jesus as prophet, sometimes we get a little challenged by that because it doesn't always make sense. And sometimes prophets literally challenge us. And so we get kind of into a struggle with what that means and how we're supposed to respond. And so today we're going to do that very thing because prophets call us to follow God. And while that may sound easy, and while certainly it can be a true blessing, man, it's often a real challenge. So I just want to start right off the bat by helping us to better understand what prophets are, who they were in the Old Testament, who they are in the New Testament, and then talk a little bit about how Jesus fit that mold and helps us in our understanding of prophets. So first thing I want to do is just a, a clear and simple and uh, concise uh, sort of description of a prophet. A prophet quite literally speaks forth for God. What, what that means is they're telling us about who God is and they're calling us to connect with God and to relate to God and speak God's truth. That's a very good thing. And we've got prophets throughout all of the Old Testament, the Hebrew scriptures, and they do this over and over again. They speak forth on behalf of God. And as we read through the Hebrew scriptures, we begin to see that there are kind of three understandings of these ways that they speak forth on behalf of God. One is uh, early on in the Old Testament scriptures. We look at uh, a prophet literally as a conduit. That is to say, a way that connects us to God. That's their point, is to connect us to God so that we can better understand who God is and what God is asking of us. When you look at some of the early Hebrew scriptures, for instance, in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 3, uh, it, it describes this conduit, this connector. It just says, look, all of Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew 
that Samuel was a trustworthy prophet of God. What they understood was he tried to connect them to God to help them better understand who God is. Who wouldn't want that, right? That's a good part of what it means to be a prophet. Another early understanding of prophet, and we get this out of the Hebrew words and language for how they identified him, is that prophets were seers. They helped us see God's desire for our lives and see God's desire for all of humanity. Uh, likewise, in 1 Samuel in the ninth chapter, we literally see that it says, look, in those days, if people wanted a message from God, they would say, Let, let's go see and ask the seer, for that's what they would call the prophets in those days was seers, because they helped us to see God's desire for humanity. That becomes real important as well, right? Because if they connect us to God and who God is, and they help us see God's desire, then what we're called to do is to go after that, is to follow that, right? Probably one of the most common ways we understood prophets in the Old Testament, and this actually comes later in Scripture in the Old Testament, uh, is what, what we could call a visionary. Uh, a prophet was a visionary of God, and all that meant was they could help us see God's future for the people of God the way it is God wants us to become, right? So they could cast a vision and call us to follow that vision because they could see it. Because of their connection with God, they could see it and point us to it. One example on a real simple level comes to us from the prophet Ezekiel uh, in the seventh chapter. It just says, you know, disaster after disaster comes and rumor follows rumor, and, but what we seek is the vision from the prophet because stuff happens, right? And when we don't understand what's going on, whether it's rumors or disasters, which clearly happen all the time today too, right? We, we seek after, well, what's God calling us to and how are we supposed to follow that? Well, you can well imagine that all of this sounds great, right? A, a seer, a conduit, a, a visionary, pointing us to God, trying to help us understand God's desire. And yet, man, many of the prophets were not well liked. People didn't really want to hear what they had to say. And here's why, I imagine. Part of it is, um, it's good to hear where God wants us to go. It's good to know we can be connected to God. But ultimately what it means is that I need to change my behavior, that I need to become new and different from who I am currently, because if, if God has a desire for me that I'm not reaching or meeting, I, I need to change who I am or what I'm doing, right? So this is what some of the prophets were doing. And you know some of the prophets. You've heard of Isaiah, perhaps, or Jeremiah. Moses was actually considered a prophet as well early on in the book of Exodus in the Old Testament. But a part of what we recognize is once they began to point us to God, to God's desire to see where God wants us to go, that's when the Israelites and eventually even uh, some of the early disciples got bummed out because they, didn't, they wanted to hear those things, but they didn't want to necessarily go there or do those things. So there were not only uh, prophets in the Old Testament, but there were prophets in the New Testament as well. People like Anna and Simeon. If you go to Luke chapter 2, after the story of the birth of Jesus, you hear from a prophet named Simeon, a prophet named Anna, and they're trying to help connect people to God's future through this little bitty baby named Jesus. Then John the Baptist is considered a prophet as well. And some of you may recall John's words were not always well received. John was a little weird in what he did and how he dressed and how he called people out. That's what prophets did. You know, I'm convinced that there are still prophets of God to this day. 
Not only do we come to understand them from the Hebrew Scriptures and the New Testament, but we come to know that there are people in our own world in modern day who are prophets too. If we were to think, we might recall uh, from the 50s and the 60s, Martin Luther King Jr. was a contemporary modern day prophet calling us toward God to nonviolent revolution. And yet because he called us to change behavior and the attitudes of the country, people didn't care for him. He's more well-liked now in hindsight than he was in the day of his living. There are others as well. I think of people like Shane Claiborne of The Simple Way. You look Shane up and you discover he's speaking these powerful truths straight from Scripture, and yet they challenge who we are. When he talks about pro-life, he talks about uh, being pro-life in terms of birth, but he also talks about pro-life in terms of the death penalty and how we shouldn't have the death penalty either. You see, prophets challenge us. I think of a woman who's no longer with us, died a few years ago, Rachel Held Evans, who sort of turned the evangelical world on topsy-turvy because she began to challenge her upbringing and what it meant and how we should follow Jesus. I think even more recently of a woman you all know called Beth Moore, phenomenal uh, author, speaker, uh, helped uh, many people understand the Bible so much better. And yet more recently, she's begun to challenge her own tribe within Christianity and the broader Christian faith about who we are and how it is we ought to live more closely into the radical love of Jesus. You see, this is what prophets do. They challenge us. They call us to follow Jesus so radically that uh, it, it, it's not always warm and fuzzy, lovey-dovey. It's, I, I need to do things that help um, other people, and sometimes it makes me uncomfortable. You know, when prophets speak forth on behalf of God, when they speak God's truth, sometimes that calls us into question about the way we've been following God or the things that we do. It's why some of the prophets were not only disliked, but a few of them got killed. Did you know Isaiah and Jeremiah got killed because of their prophetic witness? Ezekiel and Micah got killed because of their prophetic witness because people were so put out with who they were. That's how radical prophets can sometimes be. And then we come to Jesus and we know him as friend and son of God and teacher, but he's also a prophet just like these other folks were. Over and over again in the Gospels, we hear these accounts of how Jesus was referred to as a, as a prophet. Uh, I think of Matthew's Gospel in the 21st chapter where the crowds who were hearing him speak, they literally were saying, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. And, and then I reflect on the two disciples who after Jesus was raised uh, in the Gospel of Luke, we call it the road to Emmaus in the 24th chapter. And they're walking along and they actually encounter Jesus. They don't recognize him. He asks a couple of questions and they literally say to him, have you not heard about this guy named Jesus? He was a prophet. And they went on to speak about how he was a prophet. The woman who Jesus met at the well when he told her about all the husbands she'd ever had, she said, sir, I can see that you're a prophet. He was speaking forth on behalf of God. The man who was born blind, John's Gospel in the ninth chapter, tells us that when the people ask him to say, well, who was this guy who helped you out? He said, I'm not really sure, but I know that he's a prophet. 
And then even Peter, uh, after Jesus' resurrection, the, the book of Acts in the third chapter, Jesus, uh, Peter had some phenomenal messages that he gave to call people into the, the faith of Christ. And at one point in one of his great messages, Acts chapter 3 tells us he's literally quoting from Moses out of Deuteronomy. And he just says, look, Moses claims that the Lord God will raise up from his own people a prophet, and you ought to listen to whatever he tells you. Peter used that as an example of Jesus to identify him as a prophet. You see, Jesus constantly spoke forth for God, speaking God's truths and calling us into a relationship with God. Gospel of Luke gives us perhaps one of the most um, clear and profound images of Jesus as prophet. In Luke's gospel, we, of course, have the birth narrative in chapter 2, his, his um, baptism in chapter 3, and then at the beginning of chapter 4, Luke, I mean, Luke tells us that Jesus goes into the wilderness, he's tempted, and then he comes out of the wilderness, he begins to teach in the synagogues, and uh, everybody loved what he had to say. And then in verse 16, he steps into the synagogue, and this happens. Listen. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. So Jesus is handed a scroll from the prophet Isaiah. He reads from it. It's actually from Isaiah chapter 61. And he, he sort of describes what that prophet is called to do, to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim release to those who are in prison, to acknowledge uh, healing for those who are blind and to set the captives free. See, this is what prophets call us to do. And all of that sounds wonderful, but have you ever actually helped to visit somebody in prison or to help proactively secure their release from prison? Have we ever sort of sat down and tried to offer um, a, a healing word or a healing touch for somebody who's blind? Have we ever done that? I know some of you have, but most of us would never do that simply because it's uncomfortable, it's challenging, it, 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 we don't have the time or we don't make the time, right? But Jesus says, this is what he was called for. Isaiah had been describing that a prophet would be coming to do this. And after Jesus reads it, he literally says to everybody who heard him read it, hey, this has been fulfilled right here and now. Without saying it, Jesus says, I'm this prophet. I've come to do these things. And likewise, again, without saying it, he's saying, if you're going to be my follower, I'm going to challenge you to do the same thing. You see, because this is what God calls us to do. Well, initially, everybody's excited because everybody there would have known this was from Isaiah chapter 61. They would have known that this prophet was coming. They would have understood that this was a good and wonderful thing. And then when Jesus says, hey, this is here, I'm it, I'm the one, they're all ecstatic. What we don't read, but is there later in chapter 4, 
is Jesus keeps talking. And a part of what he says is a prophet's never accepted in his own hometown where he was. And then he goes on to describe that back in Elijah's day, another prophet, um, there was a huge famine for three years. And, and golly, God could have provided food for anybody of the Hebrews, but God provided through Elijah for a widow of Sidon, a foreigner. And then he didn't stop. He kept going. He said, and when Elisha was prophet uh, in the land and, and there was um, a horrible uh, set of uh, lepers who needed healing, God could have healed any of the Hebrews who were lepers, but he healed uh, a leper uh, from Syria, another foreigner. And you can almost feel the people's blood boiling. You can almost feel the sense of anger that's beginning to uh, boil up. And all of a sudden, the people who hear Jesus are enraged because he's basically just said to all of them, you are no longer the chosen people of God, but rather God's love is for everybody. You see, Jesus was speaking forth on behalf of God. He was basically saying this love, this mercy, this grace, God's forgiveness, God's amazing justice is not just for you as the chosen people, but it's for everybody. That ticked them off. And scripture tells us there in Luke chapter four that they were so enraged, the people, that they got up, they literally tried to run him out of town and hurl him, look at the scripture text, hurl him off the side of a cliff. This is what often happens to prophets because prophets in speaking forth on behalf of God both tell us what God's desire is and how we need to get there. And we like the first part, most of us, but very few of us like the latter part because it, it challenges us. It causes us to rethink who we are, rethink what we've read in Scripture, reimagine what it means to follow Jesus, you see. Here, here's what I know about prophets, and I want you to hear this because this is the powerful truth of what prophets do, and Jesus, as a prophet, did this and does this for us. Prophets will not tell us what we want to hear. They tell us what we need to hear. Catch that now. Prophets don't tell us what we want to hear. They tell us what we need to hear. What we want to hear is God is love and, and we need to love other people. What we need to hear is that love is radical and it means loving people that I disagree with, who vote differently than I do, who speak and look differently than I am, who have different values than I am. God says, love those people too. What we want to hear is that I am forgiven. What we need to hear is that not only am I forgiven, but I need to forgive other people. What I want to hear is that, yeah, those captives need to be set free because all people deserve God's love and all people deserve freedom. What I need to hear is that I need to play a role in the justice systems of our country and of the world and that I need to have sway and impact on how they have uh, overflow in people's lives. You see, prophets always tell us what we need to hear and we don't always like it. The other thing that I want to say to you is this. We all need prophets in our lives. We all need prophets who talk to us and share with us and call us to action 
And often that action is not what we had imagined. And it's certainly always more difficult than we thought. And so I'm going to challenge you, friends, right here today and ask you, what prophet is speaking into your life? What prophet is speaking the truth of God that challenges the way you live? What prophet is speaking into your lives and calling you to see God's desired future, not just for you, but for all of creation, all of our nation, all of our community, all of our church? What prophet is speaking into your life? You see, Jesus is that prophet. And Jesus often calls us into radical love, servant ministry, and biblical relevance. And way too often, we don't go there because we're afraid, uh, because it's too hard, or it's too messy, or it's too difficult, or it makes me uncomfortable. And I want to suggest to you, friends, that that's exactly why Jesus came. And it's the irony of His love, because His love is, I love you just as you are, but I love you enough to ask you to become even more. And that's the prophetic. The prophetic is, golly, I love you as you are, but I need you and I want for you to be even more gracious, even more loving, even more caring, even more forgiving, even more filled with justice and mercy and grace, you see. And that challenges us, doesn't it? So here's my invitation to you. I want you to remember that Jesus is your friend and your teacher, and upon him you can rely so that you can um, follow Jesus as the prophet because he's going to challenge us every once in a while. And the only way I believe we can live into that prophetic witness of Jesus, that prophetic call that he gives us to reach the stranger, to clothe the naked, to give drink to the thirsty, to visit the imprisoned, to help heal those who are bound up, is if we can first trust him as friend and teacher and son of God. I'm convinced that once we are able to trust him as friend and uh, teacher, we'll be able to follow him as prophet and do the things that he calls us to. Friends, I pray that for you. I pray it for me. And I pray indeed that we will become those who can also speak forth on behalf of God because we follow this risen Savior whom we call Jesus and follow as our Lord. Thanks be to God for that powerful gift. Will you pray with me? Holy and loving God, thank you that Jesus is and was a prophet, a prophet who connects us with you, a prophet who helps us to see your desires, a prophet who helps vision us into your preferred future. God, all of that is scary. All of it is uh, challenging and all of it takes courage. And so God, I ask that we might trust in Jesus trust in Him as our friend, that He's right there with us. Trust in Him as teacher who can guide us every step of the way. And then ultimately, God, that we follow Him as that prophet who speaks forth on your behalf. God, thank you that we can do that and that we will. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen. 
Hey friends, let me just share with you how grateful I am for your generosity every single week, every month, every quarter. When you give, you make amazing ministry possible. I know you've witnessed that in our connection stories and our generosity stories, and I just wanna say thanks for doing that because it's your generosity that makes that ministry possible. You can give today either by scanning the QR code that's on the screen for you today, or you can text the letters T-M-U-M-C to the number 45777. Thanks for all that you do to make ministry real. I'm grateful.